19 verses 19 to 21. First Kings 19 verses 19 to 21. So he departed thence and found Elisha the son of Shepherd, who was plowing with twelve yokes of oxen before him. And he with the twelfth. And Elijah passed by him and cast his mantle upon him. Verse 20. And he left the oxen and ran after Elijah and said, Let me, I pray thee, kiss my father and my mother, and then I will follow thee. And he said unto him, Go back again, for what have I done to thee? Verse 21. And he returned back from him and took a yoke of oxen and slew them and boiled their flesh with the instruments of the oxen and gave unto the people, and they did eat. Then he arose and went after Elijah and ministered unto him. Praise the Lord. Today we want to round up uh, 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 the series we have been looking at, talking about the place of total surrender unto God. The place of total surrender unto God. And the passage we have just read is one we are very much familiar with. is the call of Elijah. Elijah threw his mantle upon him where he met him plowing. The Bible says there were 12 plows. He was plowing with the 12, which means he had 11 others that others were working on. He was, a, I mean, a worker, a servant, but also a master. Because you are made to understand, he was from a wealthy background. He was like a master to all those other people, but he was also working. He was also doing what? He was also working. There are two points I want to make from this passage, and then we'll round up. The first is, what are you surrendering to him? That is, what is the value of your total surrender? The value of what? Of your total surrender. The value of your, the, 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 the song we sang says, is your all I mean, is your life a channel of blessing? He's talking about giving my all to the living God. Does your all matter? How much do you have to give? The value of your total surrender. There is total surrender versus a life of seemingly surrender. Because you have nothing, nothing to contest, nothing to argue for. In other words, it's easy to say, I surrender when I have nothing. Is that not so? After all, I mean, what am I holding back on? A friend of mine, after the youth service, we all know, our daughter was from Nigeria, we know what they call youth service. After youth, youth service, he had no work. He was an accountant. So what did he do? He went to the church. And every day, for about a year, he was going to church every day, working with them in the church. Why? Why was he going to church every day? Because he had no job. Because, of course, it's not everybody that has no job that will do what? That will do what he did. So, he, on his own part, it was a sacrifice. But God eventually smiled on him. God will smile on you. Amen. I said, God will smile on you. Amen. But then... After he now got the job, his response to the things of God will determine what we call the value of his word, of his surrender. Do you surrender because you have nothing? Or do you surrender even when you have something? 
And that's where the, the, the story of Elisha comes in. Elisha was a wealthy man. True or false? He was a leader of 12 men. They were applying, each with his own yoke. But he was a man that valued virtues. He wasn't just saying, oh yeah, plow, plow, plow. Eh, we have time. Well, no, the Bible says there were 12 uh, uh, yokes of oxen. The 12th one was the one he was using. So they were working together. So what Elisha was giving up was not a life of failure and mediocrity. But a life of material substance. A life of comfort. A life of visible grace of riches. Elisha was a wealthy here. He had money, unlike his master. Is that not so? Bible scholars make us to understand that Elijah was so much of no consequence that we don't even know his father's name. Because in Israel, when you, have a, when you are paramount in a society, they will say, like they said this one, Elisha, the son of Shepherd. They will always make a reference to the household, the family, where that individual came from. But that was not the case of Elijah. But it was the case of Elisha. What he was given up was not a, a life of luck. He was giving up much in his abundance. We are talking about the place of total surrender to God. Solomon, we all know Solomon, in his affluence, he gave an offering that was similar to what Elisha did. We are made to understand that he, in 1 Kings chapter 3, from verse 4 to verse 5, 1 Kings chapter 3, verse 4 to 5, Solomon went to Gibeon. And the Bible says he gave a thousand burnt offerings upon the altar in Gibeon. 1 Kings chapter 3, verses 4 to 5. So Elisha gave up much to serve the Lord. Solomon gave up, gave a big offering of a thousand offerings. And God met him in verse 5. The, in Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night. And God said, ask what I, what I shall give thee. Because as at that time, Solomon had done what had not been done before. But God is not just going about looking for the person that, I mean, that, that has the highest amount of money. God is not available to be bought. And that is why the story of the widow in the temple in the time of Jesus is very important. That woman also gave her best. Though it was not born out of affluence or wealth. In Mark chapter 12. Mark chapter 12. Verses 41 to verse 44. Mark 12, 41 to 44. This woman came. The Bible says in verse 41. Jesus sat over against the treasury. And beheld how the people cast money into the treasury. And many that were rich casting much. Verse 42. And there came a certain poor widow. And she threw in two mites, which makes a farthing. Verse 43. And he called unto him his disciples, that's Jesus, and said unto them, Verily I say unto you, this poor widow had cast more in than all they which have cast into the treasury. Verse 44. For all they did cast in of their abundance, but she of her wants did cast in all that she had, even all her living. 
So it's not as if God is saying, okay, if you have given the highest, oh, yes, the blessing is yours. Oh, this person has given the lowest, oh, no, no, there's no. No, God knows your ability. Tell somebody God knows your ability. He knows what you can give. He knows what you cannot give. In fact, he knows when you are giving out of lack. When you say, well, <laughs> what I need to do, this money cannot do. So this money I converted to what? To a seed. A seed. And I use it to do what? To challenge God. A man of God, I, I was in a program, I think that was last, last week. And this man of God, I don't know if I'm sharing with us uh, uh, during the course of, uh, after the program, this man said he was, he was saving money. This was in Nigeria. He was saving money to go for a vacation. In, uh, where do they normally go in the Middle East for vacation? Where? Uh -huh, Dubai. He was saving money for it. And gradually, he had a substantial amount of money. Thinking of booking the flight and all those things. And they had a building project in the church. And he began to talk about the building project and calling people to give and all that. And it's not as if he had not given. But the day the money was complete. Can somebody tell me what God told him to do? That morning, God told him, that money you have put together, do what? Give it to the building project. It wasn't a saving of one day. It wasn't a saving of one year. We are talking of a pastor. And so he called his wife and said, well, this is what the Lord is saying. I said, well, let's go ahead. And they gave. Brethren, how easy is it to do that type of giving? Somebody tell me, how easy is it? It wasn't easy. It wasn't easy. But God saw, God saw the sacrifice. As he was talking, he said, I mean, in his ministry, God has richly blessed him. That's why I was talking about this. He said, on a yearly basis, people give him cars. Because he did what? He made a sacrifice at a time of lack. Our general Garcia has shared testimonies many times that he had to sell his, his vehicle because he needed money for what? For evangelism. He needed money to print tracts. He needed money to do one thing or the other for the cause of the gospel. Today, if he wants to give out 10 cars, he can afford to do it. Like we are always told, God never owes any man anything. We are talking about the place of total surrender. When you look at what Elisha gave up versus what we know, and I have to classify that, what we know Elijah gave up, you will agree with me that, uh, uh, pecuniarily speaking, big grammar is in my mouth today, Elisha gave out more. Is that not so? He gave out more. No wonder. It was not difficult for God to give him what? A double portion of Elijah's anointing. It was not even difficult for him to say, I want more. I want more than what you have. Maybe you have finished, you are going. So if I want more now, I'm not saying I want to be more than you in your lifetime. But as you are going, I don't just want to be like you. I want to be more than you. And God gave it to him. Paul highlighted this important principle in 2 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 16. 2 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 16. I mean, sorry, verse chapter 12, verse 15. 
2 Corinthians 12, 15. 2 Corinthians 12, 15. He said, I will gladly spend and be spent for you. Though the more abundantly I love you, the less I be loved. I will give myself. When I find it easy to give myself, then I will find it easier to do what? To give my substance. That's what Paul is saying. The place of total surrender. Realizing that all that I am, all that I have, belongs to who? God. Belongs to God. God alone. No wonder in Acts chapter 20 verse 35. Acts chapter 20 verse 35. He said, I have showed you all things. How that so laboring, the, you ought to support the weak and to remember the words of the Lord Jesus. How he said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. How do you give? How is your surrender? How do you give? In 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6 to 8, these are passages we are all familiar with. He said, this I say, he which sweats sparingly shall do what? Shall reap also sparingly. And he which sweats bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Every man as he has proposed in his heart. So let him give. Not grudgingly or of necessity. For God loveth what? A cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound towards you. Tell somebody all grace. All grace. All grace. That he having all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work. Elijah gave all and ensured that there was no famine to return to. As he was departing for the last time. Not only did he leave the farm, he made sure that the, that ox that he was, that he could come back to, he slaughtered it, sacrificed it, gave everybody to eat, and he left. The second principle I want us to take note of as we round up is the principle of appreciating the mantle. The principle of what? Appreciating the mantle. Very important. The first principle is the value of your total surrender. And the second is appreciating the mantle. What is a mantle? A mantle is simply a cloak. A cloak or a shawl. A mantle is also defined as a prophet's garment. A prophet's garment. Bible dictionary defines it as, as the glory, the splendor, the magnificence of the owner. So it's not just physical. There's a spiritual element to a mantle. It's a representation of God's power, oppression or move in the life of a man of God. Remember I said the second principle is what? Appreciating the mantle. It signifies a call. Or a transfer of power and authority. How was Elijah called? Elijah just threw his mantle upon him. He didn't see anything. But Elijah knew what it meant. He took all of it. And he followed Elijah. In 2 Kings chapter 2, from verse 9 to verse 13, we can just put that down. 2 Kings chapter 2, verse 9 to verse 13. When Elijah was going to be taken away from Elisha, and Elisha said, I want a double portion. 
I want a double portion of your spirit. Elijah said, if you see me when I'm taken away from thee, then you will get it. Elijah saw. But more importantly, what fell, what fell down from Elijah? The mantle. The mantle fell down. Elijah picked it up. When he got to the river Jordan, what did he do? He smote the river with the mantle. And he made a declaration. Where is the Lord God of Elijah? I've seen him do this. I am going to do more. The Bible says the Jordan parted. And it went through. This signified, that was in, that's when you go to 2 Kings chapter 2 verse 14. This signifies the spirit that had passed from Elijah to Elisha. In other words, that mantle signified the spirit that had passed from Elijah to Elisha. When the sons of the prophets, well, they were looking from afar, saw what, I mean, uh, Elisha did, how he parted the Jordan with the mantle of Elijah. Oh, they said, the spirit of Elijah doth rest upon who? Elisha. And they came to meet him, and they bowed themselves onto the ground before him, appreciating the mantle. Very important. Very important. The mantle of Samuel was prophetic. The mantle of Samuel was what? Prophetic. In 1 Samuel chapter 15, verse 27 to verse 29, 1 Samuel 15, 27 to 29, we see where Saul held onto that mantle. And what happened? As he held onto the mantle, the mantle was torn. <laughs> and Samuel looked at him and said, just as that mantle was torn, the kingdom is taken away from you. The kingdom is torn. It's taken away from you. And whereas Elijah left his mantle for Elisha, Elijah, I mean, Samuel went to the grave with his mantle. In 1 Samuel chapter 28, from verse 13 to verse 15, Samuel went to his grave with his own mantle. We know that his children were not worthy of taking that mantle. There was no successor like he came and took over the mantle I mean, from, uh, from Eli. He went to the grave with it, appreciating the mantle. I know the Lord is talking to someone here today. We are talking about the place of total surrender. When you totally surrender to the living God, nothing is too big. Nothing is too much to yield unto you because your yielding begins with you, not with your substance. And when, you're, when you have yielded yourself, it's very easy to yield every other thing. Appreciate the mantle. Appreciate the call of God. Appreciate the power of God. Appreciate what God wants to do or desires to do in your life and it will perfect it in you.